Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, here are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome once again to TalkZone.com, your home for Motivation with a Purpose, every Friday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, where we attempt to inspire, motivate, and challenge you to live and work with purpose. Once again, I'm Rich Hallstrom, and right by my side, once again on this Friday morning, noted author, Zeke Bambolo. You know what, Zeke? The firstborn son occurs a gift or a calling. That's all right. I understand. Thank you, my thank you, my friend. You, you're you're writing so well. I you left me speechless this morning. <laughs> Rich, I, you know what? If I didn't know your heart, I would be hurt. But since I know your heart and the man that you are, and uh, I just uh, it's really funny to see to see you stumble. You never stumble, brother. So keep going now. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you know, I didn't I I betrayed you, my friend. I have to I have to apologize this morning. I didn't mean to betray you by forgetting the name of the book. But you know what? That's a great segue to our topic this morning is we are going to talk about Beyond Betrayal. Welcome to the Cabin, a brand new book by Jerry Price and Tom Roy, our two guests for today's show. And I have a question I have a question for you, Zeke. Uh, have you ever been betrayed? You know, when you ask that question, uh, Rich, I go back to um, a time in my life, especially uh, going through a civil war in Liberia, West Africa. And when I describe what I would call betrayal, probably the most prominent act of betrayal in my life that I can remember is having a young man that we had uh, – I mean, he was a refugee because of the fighting, and we had uh, embraced him on the uh, campus that my father, my parents lived on, and we all lived on. And uh, to cut a long story short, at the end of we were being driven away from the campus because the uh, opposing force was advancing on the on that area. And as we tried to escape, uh, throughout the time we had stored some food away because the rebels were taking people's food and so forth uh, by right. force. And uh, so as we stored that those, the food away, we eventually led him onto uh, that where we were hiding that because he, you know, we expected that he was gonna he was we had been feeding for months already. Anyway, at the end of the day, that uh, young man ended up telling the rebels uh, where we hid these this food. Uh, which was pretty much gone by the time they got there in terms of how much we had devoured or we had shared with others around us, including himself. And that led to my father being arrested, in fact, most of us kids. And that particular day when the rebels came in arrest, to arrest my father and took us, they left my youngest brother, who at the time was about 10 years old, with my mother and said, here, you can have this one. The rest of them, including my, your husband and your children, we were going to kill. And they loaded us up in the truck and drove away with us. Now, uh, I think in my lifetime, that's probably, that was probably the most significant betrayal that I ever faced, and the consequence that we potentially uh, dealt with uh, was pretty significant for our family. Well, I would have to say, too, Zeke, that I've had an experience of being betrayed. And just to make a, a long story short, I was offered a job at a particular sporting goods store, and I went back to continue the process for the job the following day 
and suddenly there was no job. Hmm. So uh, that was one of the most interesting experiences of my life, to be told that you had a job and that you were great for the job and you went through all the appropriate uh, pre-employment tests, including a uh, drug test and so forth, which I passed, obviously. And uh, to go back that next day and find out that there was no job and people acted like uh, I hadn't even been there before, I'm telling you, that was uh, that was a real blow to the confidence for about 24 hours. So that is why we are talking about the subject of betrayal on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose. And since we had a few technical difficulties right at the beginning of the show, which we have now seemed to work out, we're going to get right to today's interesting and most important topic by introducing our two guests. First is Jerry Price. He is a professional counselor with an MA from Grace College and 43 years of experience. He has developed an internet-based evaluation system called Star Energizer to measure how people successfully or unsuccessfully make right choices in their thinking. And then also his co-author is Tom Roy. He is the president and founder of Unlimited Potential, Inc. He spent a very short time with the San Francisco Giants in their organization, and then in 1980 founded Unlimited Potential, Inc., and has conducted uh, baseball camps and chapels in over 60 countries, and he is a previous author of the book released. And we welcome both these gentlemen, Jerry Price and Tom Roy, to this edition of Motivation with a Purpose. Hi, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, Rich. I'm in good shape. Be on the show. <laughs> Go for it, Jerry. Sorry, I jumped you there. I betrayed you. Go for it. Oh, man, cut that out. No, this, this is great. Glad to be here. Yeah. Oh, okay, Tom, I have the first question for you. How did this book come about, and why is it so important? Well, um, Jerry has been a huge influence in my life, and he has a, uh, a real gift for counseling people and getting to the core issues. And I had been through a tough time in my life, and I ended up spending about, I think it was uh, four or five weeks under his tutelage, trying to learn his system, in the meantime, healing from what I was going through. And uh, he and I became pretty close friends through that whole encounter, because one of Jerry's big deals is to be open and honest. And uh, when you go through something like that, uh, you get to know one another pretty well. And I really grabbed onto the way he not only lived life, but the way that uh, he had been given this ability to counsel in a way that I hadn't seen before. And so as we continued our life journey together, we were on a board for a former NFL player, uh, doing some things with retired players. Our friendship continued to grow. And one day I just said to him, dude, why don't we write a book, man, about something that is common to every man and woman, probably child also, based on what we've written in the book, that we have all been betrayed or we are betrayers. And so the process began at our cabin up in northern Wisconsin in Sturgeon Bay, and uh, we spent about a week there. And then I visited him in Oregon where Jerry lives, and we went up in the cabin of a friend and spent another amount of time there. And uh, the result, uh, I think, Jerry, it's been about two years since we did that, is this book that's now being published by Crossbooks. 
Tell me more about the uh, first conversation that you had in the cabin. What was that like? Both of you can uh, speak to that. I uh, When I got together with Tom, uh, you know, it wasn't an agenda issue. It was like two guys in a cabin, and it was a dialogue. And so, you know, we recorded it, some things, and then uh, it dawned on me at that point, um, which was something different than what I heard here on the radio here when you and Zeke uh, were talking about it, that most men don't talk about this. And uh, so I thought, all right, let's see what happens here. So we just got together as friends uh, to talk about that, and I remember looking at him going like, okay, let's, let's see where this goes. So I wish I could tell you that we had this big plan and it was well organized and thought out, but we, we learned as we went through it, and it was just a pleasure to be with him. Yeah, and as I heard your two stories, by the way, Zeke, you win. That was pretty traumatic right there, buddy. <laughs> I don't yeah. know you, but that was pretty traumatic, and I'm not minimizing yours, Rich. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. not at all. I understand I understand where you're, uh, you're coming from, Tom, because uh, Zeke's story as a whole in The Firstborn Son is – one of the best stories that I've ever heard. So uh, I concur with you. Yeah. Hey, you got you guys are being so nice, and I appreciate it. Uh, you know, thanks again for having you gentlemen on the on the show. And I'm so um, interested to on here and hearing what you have to say. And I'm gonna throw this out there right early, guys, because as you dialogue, hopefully we will hear different portions of this answer. But uh, I spent a lot of time, man, dealing with uh, trying to speak and lecture on multi-generational family legacy. And when we talk about betrayal, especially in a culture that so easily wants, we want to reveal our scars and stuff like that from what our past and the hurt and so forth. A lot of times we run into people who have cut off families or have cut off this person and that person because that's the only way they feel they can stay healthy going forward. When you talk about betrayal and your experience with what you've written, what are you coming across when it comes to, is there any thought in your in, the, in your dialogues about the family legacy and how this betrayal is factoring into for a culture of this nature? Well, I, I came from uh, a, a background, uh, Zeke, where it was a criminal foundation, and my father was incarcerated when I was only 30 days old. And uh, you talk about betrayal in, in terms of that culture in Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, my father came to know Christ while he was in uh, prison. But that whole culture, uh, for me, as I grew up in it, it impacted the way we responded to each other and our relatives and so on, and it was a very hard, hard goal. But in, in the process of time, you know, quite a bit of time, there was some mending of the fences, and there was some people who, you know, got right. I mean, I even even to the point, Zeke, where when my father died in 1985, I mean, look, we had, uh, he was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, I'm sorry, Nashville, Tennessee, and when we had relatives coming from that background, they even they still had to check their guns at the door. We wouldn't let them come in. They were still packing. Mm-hmm. And there's just all kinds of things. And so you have to, you know, make decisions about boundaries in your life. But at the same time, uh, we were open to those relationships whenever we could talk to them. And, of course, Christ was always in the forefront of our mind, and it's particularly my father. If you're in a culture, you know, whether you're overseas or someplace else, uh, the act of betrayal 
uh, may be different. The type of betrayal may be different, but the the humanity behind it all is is where we go, and we go like, okay, I'm no different than someone in Russia. I'm no different than someone in China, in Africa, uh, in South America, here or wherever. And so it's it's a general across the board, cross cultural understanding that is very difficult. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think I put out there that you should cut people off. Mm-hmm. I, I put out there that you go as far as you can to develop the relationship, but without compromising who you are, without, mm-hmm. you know, by compromising your integrity or your authenticity, continue to be real. But sometimes when that happens, uh, they decide to cut you off. Mm-hmm. And that that's a fact. And we've had that in my family, in my family of origin, and uh, it hurts when it happens. And so you... I like I like what my dad said. You, you learn to live with a you know faith. Him to him was learning to live with a knot in your stomach. So you learn to live with this knot in your stomach, and still love people. So we do talk about that. Uh, I, we don't talk about it in terms of other countries, but we do talk about the nature of betrayal and the nature of the betrayer. And I don't think that's different. No matter where you go, what do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think something in this book that jumps out at me because I've read it a few times because we had to do that for editing and such, is the real-life <laughs> stories that are in there, of which Jerry is very open in particular. And I think that uh, what you said earlier, Jerry, about men is they don't talk about these things that often. They try to hide it. We talk mm-hmm. about the Heisman Trophy. You know, you got a nice-looking position there, and you're really stiff-arming people because you don't want them to get in there. And sometimes as men... We betray who we really are to become who we want people to think we are, and so we don't talk about those things. And uh, I'll just say this about Jerry. In the book, there are a couple of stories in there that are very interesting that give humanity to what some others might think are theory. It's real-life stuff. And I think that the people that have read it to this point that I know personally are just gripped by those things. So it's we've tried to be real open and honest in the context of a normal conversation about deep issues that a lot of times we don't talk about. Jerry and Tom, that leads me to my next question. Who has more experience with betrayal, men or women? Yes. <laughs> What's your answer, Jerry? <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. I know in dating I was betrayed a few times, but I'm sure I've betrayed yeah. a few people, too. But, uh, Jerry, I'll let you answer that one, since you've had a lot well, of experience in counseling. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's, it's a matter of style I, I, in terms of, you know, we're all involved in since uh, Genesis 3. And uh, uh, But when I work with people, I work with guys first. And particularly in the word, uh, when we're talking about marriages and stuff, I work with guys first because I consider them to be rudders on the ship. And you gotta, you gotta take a look at that. And it's amazing the tone that as men that we set in relationships that, uh, the subject begins to, to grow even more. And, uh, in fact, when it happened back in Genesis, it happened with the man first. And, uh, and, and she followed along, but it started with the guy. But more experienced about it, uh, boy, in the book, we, in fact, right off in the first chapter, we start with a, a story of a, uh, individual, we, uh, the lady is called Chris, uh, Christina, and uh, and it's not her real name, but uh, she talks about her tracking with this. And you look, you look at that, and you go like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, uh, 
So whether you're looking at betrayal in terms of the style, like, uh, you know, how extreme is it or how, you know, subtle is it, once it finally hits the mark, the pain is the pain. I mean, it doesn't matter. And uh, so I don't know. I I think it's 100-100. Yeah. 100%, 100%. And I might say yeah. to the person who picks up this book, uh, because maybe because we're guys, we just jump right into it. Is that a fair statement, Jerry? I mean, is Christina? Oh, yeah, we don't like waste time. We, yeah. we don't waste time at all. <laughs> like on the third page, all of a sudden, you're like, you got to be kidding me. But it's a real-life yeah. person. And, it, and we both know from the counseling we've done that this isn't the ex- – well, it maybe is the exception to the rule in terms of the amount of betrayal, how she's handled it, and how her life is different. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's so much of this out there that we've just kept hidden. I remember, I remember when we wrote when we were over in uh, the cabin here in Oregon and right near the the cabin where we're at. There's a, a kind of like a coffee place, you know, where you get your lattes and all that. And, and we walked in there, and there was that lady. Remember her, Tom? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she asked what we were doing, and so we we told her, and she said, "You're going to write a book on betrayal." I said, "Yeah, just two guys talking about it." And she said, "Well, I want to buy that book." I said, "Well, why do you want to buy that book?" She said, "Because I don't. I want to know what men are thinking about it." Yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break here, but when, I, when, I, when we come back, if you can help us, I want to because like you mentioned, Christina, at the beginning of your book, I thought it was a very unique story. But more importantly, I thought what Christina portrayed in that story was a very complicated cycle of betrayal yeah. and what it led to from, from start to what she ended up, the person she ends up being. And I want you to just yeah. take us through a few minutes of talking about the complications of different kinds that you've come across when, it, when we come to betrayal. Because if we don't know, we don't understand where we're headed and what we're dealing with how can we fight the beast so uh, help us understand the complication when we come back from the break please and uh, ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back to motivation with a purpose here on talkzone.com you're listening to motivation with a purpose radio on talkzone.com back to your hosts rich hallstrom and zeke bambolo Welcome back to Motivation with a Purpose on TalkZone.com. I am Rich Hallstrom, and my co-host Zeke Bambolo is right by my side. And we are speaking with authors Jerry Price and Tom Roy, authors of the brand-new book, Beyond Betrayal. Welcome to the cabin. And so far, gentlemen, this has been a great conversation. I'm going to throw it back to you, Zeke, to continue our dialogue on betrayal. Absolutely, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, again, gentlemen, yeah, we went to break just trying to get you to Walk us through a little bit of the complications. As you begin your book, you talk about a, a young lady, Christina, and you start a dialogue that's, that obviously does not just give, well, here is who she is, but kind of giving us an idea of where, how it began for her in her life and eventually where she felt she ended up in the kind of person that she became into because of betrayal. So give us a little bit of a, if you can walk through with us the complications that you have dealt with in the past when it comes to that uh, a story like Christina's, please. Well, I'll let Jerry do the majority of that, but I think, Jerry, you'd agree, as we've talked this through, it's about being alive or really living life. You start yeah. uh, you start either minimizing it or disconnecting, and uh, it really can affect your life. But Christina's kind of moved through it at her own pace, so I'll turn it over mm-hmm. to you on that one, Jerry. You know, uh, you know, we recently, as a uh, as a nation, went, went through a, a thing with a football coach over uh, in out east that uh was guilty of molesting young boys mm-hmm. by a famous guy and now his whole life is uh damaged it's he's in prison for the rest of his life and there's all kinds of things with 
that surround that, and we see the ramifications of what happens. And that, and and it came years later. So some of the complications in this with Christina, or with fellows like that out there that were hurt by this coach, uh, anyone is that, if, especially if it's at a young age, that you know kids they just try to uh, cope with it any way they can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, right or wrong, they just do what they do. The problem with this is that as they, as we grow into adulthood, you know, those childhood strategies don't work. And, uh, they, they hurt us. In fact, if we try to remain in that place, we keep secrets, we protect ourselves, and we start operating out of the victimization of it. And then suddenly, before you know it, we're the ones doing the victimizing. Mm-hmm. And all because of self-protection. And that that's what Christina's story uh, was kind of talking about there, where, yeah, she had plenty to be upset about, plenty to be angry about, plenty to be uh, skeptical about, maybe cynical and all that. And, and yet she started to take a road, and she made she's responsible for her choices in it. And that's the thing to separate that out, is that we can be betrayed, but we don't have to be defined by the betrayal or defined by the betrayer. And I, later on in the book, I talk about my daughter uh, that way in, in terms of what happened to her. And that was huge in Jana's life that uh, she came to the understanding that no longer was she going to allow herself to be defined by the betrayal. And when she did allow herself to be defined by the betrayal, she acted out. She became a betrayer. She became an offender. I mean, the whole nine yards, you just think about what happened in her life, and some of that's revealed uh, in the book. But that's part of the complication, is that I've been betrayed, it hurts, uh, it's it's killing me, it's, it's, it's coming out of the blue someplace, didn't realize it was coming, and what do I do? How do I function? Who am I? Where's my identity? And... Uh, if we allow ourselves to be defined by that, we're in a lot of trouble. So when you go through the book, you're 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 beginning to see uh, in our conversation that we move to what living is all about, and it's, it's not being defined by that; it's being defined by God and who He says we are. I remember, it's, I had a friend here recently uh, tell me that way back in in the garden, uh, our we our identity was stolen and our authority was stolen. We've been trying to recover that since the garden, and we don't really recover that fully until we see Jesus Christ face to face. And so even in a Christian's life, you know, we're still involved in going back and forth with the damage and who are we and what are we doing and how do we live with the pain and, and all that. It doesn't, it doesn't go away. It's not just a little formula that takes care of it. That's part of it. What do you think? Yeah. Huh? And and I, and I want I mean we're using I want to make sure that people you know, when we when it comes to defining and looking uh, really discovering or uncovering what betrayal looks mm-hmm. like uh, we're using the word betrayal here but obviously there are words like deception duplicity I mean there are other words here that people could are uh, probably using and don't realize that we're talking about the same context of a of a reaction or a behavior that they have uh, they have taken ownership to even subliminally sometimes isn't it. Absolutely. And and another thing is that we we try to uncover in the book is this issue of secrets. That's another complication where we we find ourselves keeping secrets. And, you know, I wrote another book uh, on transforming twisted thinking. And one of the main issues there is is what keeping secrets does because 
when we keep secrets, uh, I mean, within the secret lies an idea that I'm actually superior to somebody else. I mean, I have something they don't. I have something on them. I've got it, and now I'm in control. And when we start talking about betrayal and the need to talk about it, it it is about revealing the secrets. And it it puts us in a position where we're going like, hey, I'm not superior. I'm made of the same mud as anybody else. And uh, I don't want to be defined by it, but I'm not going to hide it anymore. And when that happens, it's, it's amazing what happens in people's lives. It's wonderful. Jerry, how do you get somebody to not keep those secrets? Because when you talk about, when I hear you talk about keeping secrets, we're trying to actually protect ourselves, aren't we? Mm-hmm. And we're trying, yeah, and it, we're trying, and we're trying to keep ourselves from being hurt. But in the same time, keeping ourselves from being hurt, we're also keeping ourselves from being really known. Are we not? Absolutely, absolutely. I and, and it's a dilemma. It's a legitimate dilemma. And we all face it at one point or another in our life. And we've got this decision to make. Well, if I'm going to be defined by betrayal, then I'll keep the secret. And then we become the betrayer. We are the perpetrator. We, whether uh, we tell them the truth or not, or, or, or whether we think something about somebody and we just hold it over them in our mind, uh, and we act superior to them. I mean, I mean, we just, you, you go through that, whether you're in government and churches and, and families, it doesn't matter. It, it, that's what happens everywhere. So the keeping them, when you say, how do you get people to keep from keeping secrets? Uh, uh, I don't know, Tom, what would you call me? Would you call me somebody that just keeps going for it until it comes out? I mean, definitely. Yeah. The reality is, uh, from my standpoint here, is life is all about tension. If you're following mm-hmm. the Bible or if you're not, there's tension out there because of who we are. And Jerry's able to uh, expose that. Uh, part of the thing is uh, he doesn't look at just behavior. In fact, right. he listens to your behavior for about five minutes, and he goes right into your thinking patterns. And uh, mm-hmm. he's defined ten different thinking patterns, which are in the book, which uh, are very uh, to the point. And uh, part of the other, uh, the acrostic T, uh, thinking, emotions, actions, working it back. Uh, in his Star Energizer, he, he has a lot of questions about emotions because our emotions will determine will be determined by our thinking. And as a result, mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's a pathway that Jerry uses to get right inside our melon, if you will, and get to the heart of the issue quicker than anybody I've seen. So well, name, Jerry, name tell us. Program, the name of your program, uh, Rich, is uh, Motivation with a Purpose, right? With a Purpose, yes. And when I saw that, uh, the word motivation, to me, when I saw that, I'm, I, I get where I think uh, it's about and where we're moving. But at the same time, I'm, I'm looking at motivation in a way that says the why is much more important than the what. And so when you talk about getting to the secrets, uh, you know, uh, I had, I had a person one time in a session, uh, who was having, uh, problems about betrayal within the marriage. And right in the session, uh, someone, said, the, the wife says, do you think it's reasonable? And she asked this question for me to think this way. Well, the answer to the question was already given. And so the, my question to the person was, you already know the answer to this question. What's your purpose? 
what's the why behind you asking that now? I was going for the motivation. And so she says, uh, well, I want him to hear it. Oh, so he's in the room, and now you're coming to me so I can preach to him. What? You, and I said, I'm, I'm being manipulated by you. I'm being managed by you. Is this what you do in your marriage? Well, that didn't go over too well. I didn't go over too well. <laughs> but, 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 but the why is more important than the what. And we live in a world that spends more time on the what than the why. And, right. Uh, yeah, that's, I, that's how I get to the secrets. I just start going for the motivation. Where does that at? The direction of a word, the direction of a behavior, belies what's going on beneath. I mean, I mean, Jesus said to these uh, Pharisees, you know, on the outside uh, of this cup, you know, I'm pretty impressed. You're full mm-hmm. of this, and, and mm-hmm. you've got that going. But, you know, I know what it looks like on the inside. You You change that. You change the motivation. You change the heart. You change your thinking, the direction you're going there. And then maybe I'll really be impressed with your behavior. And so uh, that's where I go. And uh, I'm sort of cursed by going there. I can't help but go there. That's, that's the way it is. <laughs> How do we help someone change the direction from the inside out instead of just changing from the outside in? Because a lot of people do that. Yeah. And even with the... Even with the subject like we're talking about today, betrayal, uh, you can look good on the outside, but as you've already stated in several different ways, Jerry and Tom, uh, things can go go very differently on the inside. So how do we tackle that? Hey, Tom, can I talk about the retreat that we do every January? Sure. You sure can. Yeah. I, you know, when we uh, – UPI has this retreat. Uh, every January with uh, major league ball players that, that, that come to that, you know, every year is somewhere around 65 to 90 or so that come, and you, you see these guys there, and you know they got the names and all that stuff, but when you're there, and you're in a cabin with them, and you're by the fire, and you're playing paintball, and you're doing other things, all of a sudden a community develops. And in the context of the community, the community where the word is exposed, but also a community where men sit around and really begin to talk about stuff, the real people come out. And if there's going to be any changes, I I personally don't believe they can happen just because I educate myself or read a book. Uh, I think it happens because I'm in a community, and I'm in, I'm accountable to that community, such as I am to my wife and my children. I'm even accountable to my grandchildren. And when you get people, um, ball players like that in the community, you know what? I just go because I love to be in the community. I love how real they are. And uh, they're not as impressed with themselves as other people are. They're just regular guys. And so I think change comes if a guy is willing to put himself in the place of community and accountability to that community. That's, that's the beginning. You, there's no change without relationship, period. That's what I believe. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I agree. And I think that uh, as we try to point out in the book, it's coming to grips with talking to somebody about the pain and uh, mm-hmm. dropping the fig leaf, as one of our other friends would say. He wrote a little book on that, Dropping the Fig Leaf. Mm-hmm. But you know, going back to the retreat as a uh, major league ball player, you can't talk like that openly, typically, because you've been betrayed so many times by the press. Now, should you? Yes, you should. 
And I guess in the context of where we are, Jerry, with them, they have that comfort to know there are no microphones and they can be open and honest with us. And it really is a unique dynamic. And after, you know, when we've had first-timers come, after the first two hours, they don't even know who each other is other than they're sharing life. And when they hear the stories of pain and as well as how people handled and came through or are still struggling with, that's the community Jerry and I are talking about, that we're being uh, open with each other, real, as real as we can, and we trust. And that's another huge thing. You know, when we think of betrayal, you have difference between forgiveness and trust. Uh, I have a working definition personally of forgiveness is giving up my right to get even, but I still maybe not trust the person. So there's so many dynamics floating around the room, but once in community, and that trust is built, and there's a sense of we're in this together. Like Jerry says, we're all made of the same mud. It's a, it's a painful but beautiful thing. Yeah, gentlemen, I, I just, as I'm listening to you talk there, I do a lot of, uh, as well. Well, I have small men's group, discipleship type groups that I work with, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. I mean, community, what that, as you just described, is extremely critical, extremely huge. And, and Sometimes as well, what I, I I try to contrast here as I hear you speak as well is you've got a community that can probably address a lot of these, um, maybe some of these emotional issues and giving guys some connection, giving them some clarity on who they are and, and so forth or what they, what that purpose that you were talking about is. Uh, and then you have this clinical side of sometimes how do we deal with the different addictions and stuff like that that may come from a sense of betrayal as well. So how do you contrast that side that's maybe somewhat scientific as opposed to the emotional aspect when it comes to handling, I mean, it's not a loaded question, but how do you handle betrayal in that essence when you seem to have a couple of things at play here? You know, when we, uh, when I was in uh, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and I developed a program for uh, criminal thinking. And uh, at that time, the government was willing to let money go so you could do something like that. Maybe you could save the county a few hundred thousand dollars a year because guys wouldn't steal something or whatever. But I remember when we got into that program, uh, we came into conflict with other people in the mental health because they were talking about addiction issues. And I understand addiction issues from a physiological point of view, an emotional point of view. But the the philosophy of where we went is, and it was always the thinking before the drinking. It was always the thug before the drug. And what we would pursue is we would pursue the, you know, the, the psychiatry, if you want to put it that way, of responsibility, personal responsibility. And that went against a lot of uh, mental health people who wanted people to be addicted in such a way that they couldn't help themselves. And I sometimes I'd say to them, look, I've, I've never met a chronic uh, alcoholic who didn't know when he was drinking, where he was drinking, why he was drinking, with whom he was going to drink, what he was going to drink. They all knew. Um, and so they're, they're in a lot more control than you think. So just, just taking that bush a little bit, uh, create a, a lot of tension for some. But, uh, addictions, you know, you separate out what's just physical. And yet, even though it's physical, I'm still responsible for my decision. And so there's this, this I don't know what you call it, uh, uh, you know, I was thinking about a web, but or some sort of uh, thing you go through where um, you have to learn to separate that out. 
and in the context of community, um, uh, I think that we see that. And so what I would do in that situation is I would, I would start addressing the thinking. I'm, I'm looking at my responsibility for my fantasy world, my responsibility for how we think. And when it comes to betrayal, on the one hand, we're experiencing an incredible amount of pain, particularly from someone close to us, particularly from someone as, I mean, I heard you say, Zeke, I mean, who, who's, who told on you and uh, put your family in jeopardy. I mean, the, the natural reaction to that would be like, I'd like clean that guy's clock. I mean, what in the world is this all about? And learning how to, to work with that and get to a point where uh, I can see that person as another human being and not objectify that guy so that I could do with him what I want to do with him. All this stuff is, uh, it has to be dealt with and it takes time. It's not just a, I got a formula and I know how to do the formula and now I'm, I'm no longer that. So I, uh, if I think of, if I'm hearing you right, that you have to separate out what is addiction. Uh, and it is one thing. But on the other hand, I'm still responsible for how I think. I'm still responsible yeah. for my choices. It's not, you know, uh, you know, I had a guy in a jail one time say to me, it was from Watts way back in those days when uh, the riots were in Watts uh, in California. And mm-hmm. uh, he came in for a program and he said, you know, I do what I do because of what happened. I'm a victim of this. I'm, I'm sort of like a pinball. I get knocked around by levers here and there. And he said, that's why I do what I do. And I looked at him and I said, well, I don't know. I happen to know some people in Watts. And I happen to know they don't do what you do. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you do it. They don't do it. It's a choice. So that's how I, that's how I work it. I, that's how I, I think God works with me. You know, what's going on with you, Jerry? What's going on with your thinking? What are you responsible for? And we have a natural bent to want to play the victim card. To be the martyr, it's just natural for us to do that, and so you got to be pushing it back against that all the time. Yep, there's an addiction. Yep, there are things you can do about it. But let me tell you something: you think a certain way, and you can change your behavior. You can stop taking a pill or do this or that or whatever. If your thinking hasn't changed, you're you're still down the same road. Zeke, you mentioned yeah, a small group or different groups of men like that, and this sounds self-serving, and maybe it is, (laughs) but I'd be interested to see what a group of men like that would do if they would read this book together and what Mm -hmm. would come out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, Jerry, you and I haven't had a test group like that at all. We've had people read it prior to publication, but the way it's set up with our table talks, we call it about, uh, what, every five Mm -hmm. pages, there are two or three questions that uh, try to get to the core mm-hmm. of what we're trying to say. Uh, I don't know, Zeke, if you or Rich be open to that, but or anybody listening, but it might be a, a great way to start uh, dealing with some of the betrayal that people have, and yeah. just to see how, just to see how, and if it works. <laughs> you know, yeah. the stuff that we put in this book. Well, we were, I mean, we were all talking about the empathy issues there. I mean, think about what happens to betrayal or the betrayer who has no empathy for the one they betrayed. Just getting those empathy levels up takes a lot of work. I mean, I, there's a lot of things, and I, I appreciate your questions, because there's a lot of complications and things you have to work through on this. 
We'll be back with more from our authors today on Motivation with a Purpose after this time out. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose radio on TalkZone.com. Now, back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome back to Motivation with a Purpose here on TalkZone.com. I am Rich Hallstrom, and my co-host Zeke Bambolo is right next to me, and we're talking with authors Tom Roy and Jerry Price, authors of the new book, Beyond Betrayal, Welcome to the Cabin. And uh, gentlemen, our last discussion before we went to break brought up a very, very important word for Zeke and I in both of our brains. And we want to throw it out to you and say, how does a person who has been involved in betrayal or been someone who has been a betrayer, uh, both sides of the coin, now go about setting boundaries in their life? And where does that all fit in? Setting boundaries. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. throw out something first. Jerry's the real pro here, but I think it goes back to the idea of the difference in part of forgiveness and trust. But a big part of it is trust. And I'll take you take you to Jerry with that one. You know, the boundary setting. Uh, the first the the first boundary setting uh, that goes on is uh, inside of me. In other words. Am I going to be a real person or not? Am I going to be a man of integrity or not? Uh, if I'm mucking around with uh, what, deciding whether I'm going to do that or not because I'm trying to avoid betrayal or some sort or, or protect myself, I'm already in a place where I'm betraying myself and other people. So um, this whole idea of setting boundaries is like, you know, I may be wrong. I may be wrong in and saying, well, this is who I am, it isn't what I've been, and so now I'm going to turn over a leaf and I'm going to be this way. And in the process of that, you know, there's all kinds of damage that's taking place because, you know, there isn't much wisdom in it and the style and so on. But this issue of I'm going to be who I am, I'm going to be a person who speaks the truth, I'm going to be a person who isn't going to make you guess. I have integrity, there's authenticity behind who I am, and that's the boundary here, that I don't want that, uh, I, I don't want that fading away at all. Then when you start thinking about the people who've betrayed you, and, uh, whether they're close relatives or, or law, in, from law enforcement issues or whatever it is, and uh, you take a look at, I, I don't want to be around that person because every time I'm around that person, uh, I, I'm re-victimized. I'm re-traumatized. And if that happens, I mean, that's generally a pretty good clue that the healing hasn't really happened. And uh, there takes more time. And, uh, you know, and, and you're going to have to give that person that time. Where people, I, I remember times when, uh, you know, I've betrayed people. I have done that. And I've, I've admitted in the book that, that to the least I'm a dim-witted betrayer for sure. Where I've said something out of place and and you go like, I really want to make that right. And so you go to that person and you're ready to make that right because you're feeling lousy about it. And they look at you and take it and tell you, go take a leap someplace else. Go, uh, jump, you know, jump in a lake. You know, they don't want anything to do with you. And there's just nothing you can do about that. You, you're broken about that because you know what you've done to hurt that person. 
And now you've got to let that go and let God work on that person and in his time and space, not ours. So uh, the boundary setting is for me personally. Well, I'd be a man mm-hmm. of integrity. And, and the boundary setting regarding the betrayer is, you know, I don't want this person uh, coming into a place where I'm continually poisoned by them because I'm not recovered yet. You wouldn't even do that medically with people. You know, you, you give them a chance to heal. And uh, you, you don't bring in the, the, the person who, who's hurt them. I mean, I just, the boundary setting is good. The boundary setting, just yeah. the stiff arm people like uh, Tom mentioned with the Heisman Trophy, that's not boundary setting. That's, that's something else. Yeah. There's, you know, when you look at the mm-hmm. walls of Jerusalem, uh, in the wall of Jerusalem, there are 12 gates and uh, in, in the Old Testament. And what's interesting is that there was only one gate that a Gentile could get through. And when they got through that gate, they had to leave by sundown. And if they didn't leave by sundown, they were incarcerated. In other words, here's a wall. The wall was to protect themselves, but the gate was the boundary. In other words, the gate was a place where there was an opportunity for a relationship. So if I'm going to set a boundary on somebody, can I say to myself, I'm setting that not only to protect myself from the poison, but you know what? I want to give this an opportunity to have a relationship. It's a gate. Yeah, gentlemen, I want you, I mean, time flies when you're having fun. This is such a, a very unique conversation, and it's uh, certainly one that uh, has us all very uh, engaged here. Uh, and as we kind of come towards the end of this, the, uh, the discussion, I want you all to help us uh, with for our, our guests and listeners right now is uh, give us maybe a story, if you can, of someone that has come through your program, gone through your book, per se, or, or you've counseled uh, Jerry or so, and, and what is the new uh, uh, person, that new individual, have, having gone through dealing with, the, with this betrayal issue? Give us a story of maybe a, good, a feel-good story, if I can call it that, of one who has gone through something like this and come on the other side. What does it look like? Well, I'll let Jerry again answer that because he has a lot more experience. But uh, I think that the book is like a brand-new baby. It's been out a week, so we can't really speak to that. Uh, so we appreciate you having us on the show. But, Jerry, you have numerous uh, stories about that that aren't even in the book that we didn't put in there. Oh, so why yeah, don't you share yeah. a story or two? You know, w- without naming the name, one of the things I, I do, Rich and Zeke, is I do what we call, uh, in terms of marital intensives, I also do A-teams, accountability teams for marriages that are shipwrecked, particularly due to infidelity. And I get those kind of calls, and it's one of the things I do is I fly all over the country working with uh, high-profile people when that's happened, athletes, doctors, lawyers, whatever. And... When, when I get to that place with them, um, there is a team around them, there is treatment around them, and it will take uh, a year to a year and a half before the couple ever live together again. The damage is so bad, it is, it's horrific, that it's not even marriage counseling. So I, I focus on the guy. And we do everything we can to scour that person and hold that person accountable. And then eventually, when they make it through the gauntlet, so to speak, then, and the wife is uh, a part of watching this, although she's not in it per se, they get to a point where the change is happening. 
and there's, there's all kinds of things that we do to make the change happen. But once the change is happening with the guy, then the wife is invited into the relationship in an accountability way. It's not marriage counseling yet. And then there's a transition after that's done into marriage counseling. And then after there's marriage counseling, there's a transition into the idea of moving back into the home. And when I say that, a year to a year and a half, that's so radical that you go like, no, there's got to be a different way. But I can give you the people. I won't do that now uh, uh, for confidentiality reasons, but I can give you the people who've been through that system, whose marriages are restored, whose homes are restored. They're parenting young children. And if they talk to you now, you would not even know who they were because of what it right. to them in the past. They're so different. And I, I've got many, many, many cases like that. That's that's what I can say about that. And your percentage of uh, victories, who we'll call it, are pretty high uh, based on yeah. all the things we've yeah, talked yeah. about today as we go to thinking. Yeah. If they, okay, Jerry. If, they get, the if they, they get to that God, we're looking over 80, 85% are restored. That's excellent. Okay, Jerry and Tom, in our remaining moments... What would you like people to take away from today's show, and how can they get the book? Well, <laughs> I think takeaway is uh, what we started with, that we all are betrayers, and that, uh, or we've been betrayed, and it's a matter of now dealing with it. And uh, we try to, in a very honest way and a very conversational way, deal with that in the book. Um, so I would say that we go back to the beginning on that, and obviously you can tell through this broadcast that there's a lot of depth and a lot of different nuances that need to be discussed. But the, the start is if you can pick up this book and just realize and admit the fact that you have had some issues, that you are that person, and that, like Jerry has said many times, we're all made out of the same mud. So anybody picking it up doesn't have to go, oh, no, but rather say, okay, this is part of my mankind. This is part of mankind, humanity. I am this. I'm now just getting to the point where I'll deal with it. Now, to get the book, uh, it's on Amazon. It's on uh, Barnes & Nobles. Jerry, uh, what are some other outlets that they could get? It's in a Kindle form, a hardback, or a paperback. Yeah, yeah, all of that. You know, you can also go on crossbooks.com and find it. Uh, there's over 25,000 uh, people out there who are carrying the book, I'm told. So uh, go look for it. It's there. <laughs> Once again, our guests have been Tom Roy and Jerry Price, the authors of Beyond Betrayal. Welcome to the cabin on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose. Join us again next week for another exciting episode of Motivation with a Purpose right here on TalkZone.com.